What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. And then she was like, but well, wait, you bought the mail already? I was like, yeah. She said, send me the paperwork. I said, send you the paperwork? She said, yeah, I got a strategy for that too. <laughs> I said, wait, what? She says, yeah, Anthony, but I need the bill of sale. I, I, need, I need to know exactly what you paid for because I'm going to do it legally, ethically, and morally. And then she came back and took some more money off of my tax bill. I said, well, God is caught. What's happening? No captain. We A.O. about to get a play. Oh, pull up to the table. Let's go. One of the greatest expenses you will have as an American citizen or anywhere where you live, uh, to be honest with you, um, that I think a lot of people do not take seriously, um, that's your taxes. You know, we have to get into a position to where we are, we are not tipping the government and just giving the government unnecessary money. I want to be very clear when I say that. Unnecessary money. Uh, we got to pay our taxes. That is the legal thing. That is the right thing for us to do because we do want to actually support our government. Uh, but I don't want to over-support. I don't want to give them too much because they're not giving me too much. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't believe in tax refunds. I believe in keeping my money. And then when my CPA tell me how much money to give them, I'm asking her, are you sure? And then when she says, yes, I'm sure, then I will give the government happily whatever that money is. But I think the average person in America, we're, we're looking at this as this is my savings account because I'm not mature enough to save on my own. That mindset is keeping you broke. It's keeping you below the par that I want you to be on. So today, I invited one of my most favorite people in the world back to my show. She is my personal CPA. Uh, she goes by the People CPA. Y'all seen her and uh, my other boy on the show last year. Um, she's been on the show now about three times. Um, she came on in December, um, and I said, y'all, I just want to come back because I've been getting some good questions from you all that I'm not qualified to answer. I don't know how to how to properly say, do this with your taxes, do that. I'm the personal finance guy, so we're going to go a little bit deeper today to have that conversation on how you can properly uh, pay the government what they are due and what they are owed, but how you can save some of that money to invest, to pay off debt, to start a business. And even if you're starting a business, what are the tax benefits that you need to be aware of? You know, how is it that, Anthony, you said that you can write off, you know, your car, uh, depreciation of your car? Hey, Anthony, you can write off, uh, I mean, all of the car? There are so many different things that we can do that we're going to dive into today because I want to help you really position yourself, whether you're a 9 to 5 employee and you're working, how, how, what's the best thing to do for your taxes? Um, or if you're an employee, uh, not an employee, a business owner, what's the best thing to do with your taxes? How do we um, just do so much? So listen, I'm real pumped about today. So we're going to get to my, my sister here in a little bit. But before we get there, please hit that subscribe button. Hit that like. Hit the thumbs up. We are on the road to a half a million. We have already, we're already like at 420,000 people. Like this, this is insane. This is crazy. I love y'all. Thank y'all for rocking with me. But if you're new, if you're just dating me, listen, I like to marry people. 
So just hit that subscribe button. Let's get married. Let me help you accomplish your dreams. Um, and before we get to the show, too, do not forget, I want to thank one of our sponsors, Ethos, for being a part of our brand. What I, One thing I love about Ethos is that they are setting us up to where we can get life insurance. Watch this. Life insurance for up to $2 million without going to the doctor, without any blood work, without anything. The only thing to get to the $2 million policy is 11 minutes of your time. 11 minutes online answering the question. And from there, you can get a $500,000 policy, $100,000 policy, $2 million policy, and you never have to leave the comfort of your home or your couch. You can do everything on your phone, and you can have a policy that will, that will protect your family when you transition over. And so I would encourage you to go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash ethos. Take this time to cover your family. If you're single um, and you have children and you don't have a life insurance policy, but you got a Gucci bag, I'm sorry. Your priorities are wrong. If you're married and, and you do not have a life insurance policy for your spouse and for your kids, but you got a Mercedes sitting outside, I'm sorry. Your priorities are wrong. Ashley, I'm not sorry. Grow up and get some life insurance policy put in place. And so I want you to go check out anthonyoneal.com forward slash ethos. They are the best in the industry. Um, I use them for my life insurance policy. And when I get married, I will actually go up on my life insurance policy because I want to make sure that my wife, that my kids can mourn um, my transition when I go to God. I'm gonna be looking. I'm gonna be looking down at them like, yo, yo, yo. I see you. Okay, then. Oh, son, you don't. Okay, then. That's what I'm talking about. I want to be looking down on from heaven, smiling at the decisions that I made, and seeing that my wife is crying, but she has tears of joy because I didn't leave her with with drama and with frustration. I left her in a peaceful situation, um, and hopefully. She'll take that money and won't give it to another man. <laughs> I'm just keeping it a buck. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to leave the money, but I hope she don't give it to another man. Oh, Jesus. But, yo, what up, sis? How you feeling? Hey, Anthony. I feel like amazing. <laughs> I'm feeling amazing. I'm always full of energy when I'm around you. Yo, why you be laughing at me though? You weren't supposed to be laughing like that, yo. Yeah, you are Come hilarious. On. It is also it's the it's the water sign energy. That's what it is too. It's the. But I'm just saying though, if you die and you leave your husband with a you know a five million dollar policy, and how would you feel? You take that five million dollars, he go spend on another woman. Listen, don't spend it on. But if you you know find somebody else, y'all happy together, and y'all take that five million, y'all flip it to ten for y'all new legacy. That type of time, I'll appreciate. And you know, maybe you're right. Because I'm going to be in heaven. I ain't going to be thinking about another man. You can't man. be in heaven hating. You know what I'm saying? I'm with God. You're right. You can't be in heaven hating. <laughs> God, God, doggone it. That's you're a, right. Huh? That's a bar. That's a bar. Can't, can't be, be in, in heaven, heaven hating. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it is what it is. But, yo, let's get to it. Because, uh, you know, every time you come in, I like to get straight to it, man. Because you be dropping them, them bars. Okay. Um, and you've been my CPA now for, well, you do, your company does my bookkeeping. Uh, we do quarterly strategy meetings. I mean, you've taught me so much in this game. Okay. And you're 28 years old. Yes. And how many, how many, like, how many uh, clients do you have on a consistent basis right now? Mm-hmm. So we service um, a, a small preferred um, class of clients. Yeah, yeah. So right now we're only at 25. Yeah. Um, the goal is to just slowly open it back up, maybe five clients at a time. Yeah. Um, the reason why, you know, we keep our client size down as well is because we do focus on making sure that we're providing the maximum value to our clients. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of times, you know, when you are in business, you can be so focused on scaling and, okay, I want to get to the bag, I want to get to the bag. And it's like quality can be lost very Ooh. fast in that transition. And, yeah. Because we're building a quality firm, yeah. quality services at the forefront of what we do. So, you know, before we open our books back up, it's all about, okay, let's make sure all of our current clients are serviced. Yeah, yeah. And we also close our books around this time of the year because Q3, Q4 Yo. is tax planning season. It is. We got to do what we got to do. Absolutely. You know, my clients is making money. Absolutely. They're telling me all these things that they're buying, these assets, they're, yeah. they're doing this and that. Yeah. So we need to make sure that come September, October, November, December, we're putting our plans into place yeah. to make sure that when tax season comes, nobody has a surprise. We yeah. all know we're supposed to be paying. We've hopefully paid in some quarterly estimated taxes. Yeah. You got scheduled your tax planning meeting. I did. Yes. Okay. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was going to say that. God, <laughs> on it. 
it. I did. He's like, I did it yesterday just for this conversation. Just for this conversation. I told my assistant, go ahead and do that because she'll be here tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Amen. But yes, because, you know, again, we only have, you know, four or five months left to make sure that we're making sure that before the end of the year, we're on track to not overpay. Because as you said, yes, we're going to pay our fair share of taxes, but why am I overpaying if I could have had that money in my pockets this year and yeah. made some smart investment decisions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's 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 start from the beginning for the people who just who just joined my tribe. What is a CPA, and what's the difference between a CPA and a financial advisor? Ooh, that's a great question. Yes, that's yeah. a great question. So a CPA stands for a Certified Public Accountant. Okay. Um, emphasis on the certified, because you can be a public accountant and not be certified. Mm. Um, because there's people who out here who are accountants. Um, a bookkeeper is technically an accountant. A tax professional, technically, you can call yourself an accountant. Um, but to be a certified public accountant, you have to go to a, through a series of examinations. Um, we test on your understanding of financial accounting and reporting, business and economic concepts, um, we learn about regulations and tax compliance and also audits and ethics. Mm. So that's what the exam is. Um, only 51% of people pass the CPA exam. Only 4% of CPAs in America are black. Um, and then of that, imagine how many are black women. Wow. Yes. Yes. Well, I just met another dope black uh, CPA. What's her name? Business. Miss um, Business. Ms. Shout Business. out to Miss Business. Yes, man. She, <laughs> she was amazing. I did the uh, panel with her mm -hmm. at um, Invest Fest, and she was dropping so much knowledge. And I love her. I was like, hey, you, you number two. Uh, <laughs> you know, my girl, the people CPA number one. So, but Miss Business, I love you, though. I love you. Um, mm -hmm. That's crazy. All right, cool. So, what's a financial advisor then? And what, who, who would I go to for what? So, like, mm -hmm. why would I go to you, and then why would I go to them? Because I know some financial advisors are even saying they can help them out with their taxes. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't trust financial advisors to help me out with my taxes. I just don't. I go to a CPA. Emphasis on CPA. Period. It's you know C. what I'm saying? It's the C it's for me. Certified. I don't do book bookkeeper. You ain't doing my taxes. <laughs> You, you got a C in front of that B? No. <laughs> but why, what's, what's a financial advisor from your definition? Yes. Why would I go to a financial advisor? Mm -hmm. um, and should I go to a financial advisor to help me out with my taxes? This is a great question. Because um, a lot of times people come to me and they want financial advisement. And it's like, I have to make it clear. Mm -hmm. Here's what a CPA does. And here's yeah. what a financial advisor does. Yes. Um, your CPA, that's going to be the person that, again, they can handle your bookkeeping. Um more so, but CPA, because we're at a more higher level of expertise, we're reviewing your bookkeeping mm -hmm. and for accuracy and making sure that you are in compliance with some accounting standard. Yeah. Um, a lot of people who are doing bookkeeping don't understand that if you're in business, you should be abiding by some standard. Um, so most of our clients, we, um, we impose GAAP, which is G-A-A-P. Okay. It stands for the Generally Accepted Accounting Principles. So this helps you define, you know, if we're using cash-based accounting, how do you track your income, your expenses? What are you using for capitalization? What metrics are you using for depreciation? So these are accounting standards. So yes, you can be a bookkeeper, but are you knowledgeable of the industry standards? You know, that's what CPA's expertise in as well. Mm. A financial advisor is typically someone who's helping you with your more long-term holistic life planning. Um, so this is going to encompass insurance. Yep. Um, you know, obviously, as Anthony said, you definitely want to make sure you get life insurance. Yep. Um, I've definitely had my policy since I was 22 years old. Wow. As soon as I, like, learned about life insurance and the benefits of it, mm -hmm. you know, I, even though I don't have dependents yet, I put my mom and my brothers, you know, yeah. as my current dependents, because God forbid something happens to me now, yeah. they're getting, you know, a couple seven-figure checks. And wow. that's, that's very important to me. So your financial advisor is going to help you set up, again, holistic life, your life insurance policies, think about retirement planning as yes, well. Yes. Because even as business owners, we can, you know, forget that we should have some type of metric in place to help us when we retire to help fund our lifestyle continuously. So it's looking at, like, your your solo 401k plans, making SEP contributions. Mm. Um, we're looking at, you know, your staff as well. Because if you're growing a company, you also want to retain your staff. So your financial advisor can help you figure out what policies would be great for your business yeah. to help provide coverage for your staff as well. Yeah. Um, then also, they can assist with investment planning. So your financial advisor, you can tell them, like, what your goals are. I'm like, hey, I want to buy a house in three years. They can tell you, okay, well, you know, you can pull from this account. You may have, you know, this account balance. Because sometimes people have... Um, 
income or capital they can use that they forget about, right? Because mm-hmm. like, if you actually do have a 401k plan, you can withdraw from that and use that to purchase your first home and not have to worry about paying a penalty. And that's like, how much? Isn't it like a match, like 10000 or something like that? Um, So there's there's no max how much you can there take out isn't. with the 401k. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can take it out, and as long as you're using it for your first home purchase, yeah. you don't have to worry about being penalized on that withdrawal. Wow. So again, your financial advisor is going to, okay, they're managing, you know, your assets on the back end and figuring out how can you really make sure you're optimizing, you know, what did you what do you have so you're on your track of building wealth the way that you want to build wealth. So as a CPA, I stay in my domain. Yeah. And what makes, you know, our services so great is that I bring in industry experts to help service our clients. Yeah, yeah. So if my client needs a life insurance policy, you know, I'm hitting up somebody who's an expert in that field. If they want to, you know, create a wealth plan um, and invest in real estate and also maybe buy a business down the line, I'm connecting them with a financial advisor who's expertise in that area. Yeah, yeah. Um, then same thing when it goes down to, like, you know, legal support. CPAs don't do that. We hire or we bring in attorneys that are specialized in these areas. Yeah. So your CPA is someone who's bringing your financial business together. Um, a great CPA is going to bring in other experts. So, again, all of our clients, they do get access to our network of financial advisors, attorneys, business credit specialists, whoever they need to make sure that we are doing our job and advising them on how to grow their business and their wealth. No, you did that. You did that for me. I mean, mm-hmm. the bookkeeping was solid. You, you got hooked me up with a great guy that, mm-hmm. man, I get an email from him every month and I'd be like, oh, shoot, Jesus, okay. <laughs> I got to answer this question. What, how do I spend this? What, what about mm-hmm. this? What about that? Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're right. I think the financial advisor is the long-term vision. Mm-hmm. What's the strategy to build wealth? And then a CPA will give you the strategy on how to maximize that wealth when it comes to, you know, your taxes. Exactly. Because it's like, I love to say this, um, wealth creation happens from two different angles. Mm -hmm. It's about how much money you make, but it's also, of course, about how much money you actually maintain, right? And when you're paying taxes, now you're... A, you know, you're giving yourself more time when you don't have to. Imagine if you had more money, right. it'll allow you to reach your wealth building goals even quicker. Yes. So that's why tax is something that we can't be blind to. We can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of us aren't, you know, really taught about what taxes are, which is why I teach taxes, you know, to the public for that reason. Mm-hmm. Because it really is a key to understanding how can you build wealth in this system. Mm-hmm. Your tax return is what this system uses to approve you for things like loans, for things like car notes, right, for mortgages. Um, so if they're putting that much emphasis on your tax returns to give you access to extra capital, to extra wealth building instruments, why are you not paying that attention to like what does your tax return mean and what is it telling you? Ooh. One of the things since I've started, because I mean you you started with me, I retained your services as soon as I stepped out of my own, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things you taught me was like, hey, we got to be very wise with how we strategically set you up on your taxes Mm -hmm. because, you know, outside of a mortgage, that's the only debt that I will personally borrow. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, all right, we got to be strategic with your taxes to set you up to win to get the house that you want. Exactly. And and I think a lot of people right now are saying, man, here's something that I've seen. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because I think a lot of people right now like, yo, I want to get a business so I can write off everything. And that's not the move if you plan on financing like a home. Mm-hmm. Um, I just moved here to uh, D.C., got in good. But I'm probably going to end up moving to like D.C. in the next couple of years. Not D.C., to Charlotte in the next couple of years. Okay. And so I want to purchase my dream home. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's say my dream home cost me about, uh, let's say my dream, dream home cost me like $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. From a tax strategy, mm-hmm. how much do you think I should be showing on my taxes? Mm-hmm. And, and and a lot of people think, when you go there, answer this question too. Well, let's say for an example, well, I made a half a million dollars. Gross. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking that that's good. But they wrote off $450,000. And so I think, was it, is it net? Is mm-hmm. it, that's an, they're net only $50,000. And they still think they can get a home that they want. So break that all down for yeah. us who are watching right now. Like, what is the correct strategy when it comes to writing off things when you know eventually you want to go purchase something? This is a, such a good question. Um, and it, it sheds light to 
um, something that we're all dealing with. Like, you know, we're all in the social media era, and so much people are, you know, using their platforms to give information and, you know, not to shun nobody. Um, but if someone is telling you to, like, maximize your tax deductions, maximize your tax write-offs, um, and they're, they're only telling you that and not, okay, here's how this may impact you mm. in the future, right? Because mm. I do have clients that, because they have assets, they have homes, they have other businesses, they have other things that they can leverage, we can go crazy with maximizing their tax deductions. I got you. Because I'm not going to, you don't need your tax return to get a new mortgage. You can actually leverage the equity in your other property. Wow. So we never have to see a bank again, wow. right? Now, if you don't even have assets on your playing field, yeah, yeah. you need to make sure that you're in a position to acquire those things. Okay. So your tax returns are very important because ask yourself this. If you are the lender and I'm asking you for your tax returns and your statements, your financial statements, and I look and you made 500000 but you netted you know, only 50000 and you want a $1.5 million house, which on that type of home, your mortgage is probably going to be between eight ten dollars $10,000, yep. you know, yep. a month. Yep. Um, you can't afford that. After five months, that's it. Mm. Ten months at, you know, $10,000 at five months is your 50 k that you netted. You know, and that's from your business. So I'm not even going to ask you about, well, where the 50K went, because mm -hmm. I'm sure you spend some on your personal. Right. So really, though, you know the 50K in your business, you really probably only have $15,000 in the bank at the end of the Ooh. year. Is that enough for me to lend to you? Would you lend to you? I absolutely would. Absolutely not, mm -mm. because you can't afford me. Mm. You want a 30-year mortgage, but you only have enough to pay me for five months. Ooh. That's crazy. So, 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 so what should we be doing? Yes. So we want to plan. So how do we plan? Because that's something that you, that you're very big on your company. Yes. Is, is tax strategy, not yes. just, and I, and I want you to hear me to this, man. This is why I want you all to get a CPA and we're going to drop all of her information below uh, because she also does consults, you know, so she'll consult with you um, and sit down and assess the situation and see how her company can work with you. But one thing I do love about Heard that I haven't really heard from other tax professionals is that like literally you just heard her say have you scheduled your tax strategy meeting mm -hmm. um, I had a pre tax strategy meeting about a few weeks ago mm -hmm. um, letting them know everything that I want to do from hey I, I bought a car hey I just got this I want to buy this I want to move into a home in the next year and a half I'm gonna do that, da, da, da. and it's like it's the strategy that is the gold not the who can file and write off things for you because if you file and write off things without the strategy on why you're filing this particular way and writing off these things, uh, that, that's an undefined destination. Exactly. So you're going into, by the time we file, I don't need to talk to them because I already know the strategy. I just need to get, okay, hey, bro, if we put the strategy into place, we got a couple of questions, answer this, 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 and that. That happened last year. This happened this yep. year. Yep. This happened, just, well, we, end April. of last year, we were able to implement some strategies. Yep, yep. So we saved you a lot last year. Oh and then this year, when you have your next, we have your strategy, your strategy together as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So this time. So, it's going to be good. And we're, in what month we're in? August. August. And we already are ahead of, okay, what's going to happen next tax season? Already know. Exactly. And it was so funny is, y'all, I had a lot of money saved to pay back for taxes. Because this is my first time filing taxes like this on this kind of level by myself. And that's how I was able to get to Bentley. <laughs> because I thought I was going to pay the IRS more, and because we had the strategy in place, and I didn't really understand to the full extent, and be honest with you. Um, and when she hit me back with that number, I said, well, wait a minute. And then she was like, well, wait, you bought the Bentley already? I was like, yeah. She said, send me the paperwork. I said, send you the paperwork? She said, yeah, I got a strategy for that too. <laughs> I said, wait, what? She says, yeah, Anthony. But I need the bill of sale. I, I, need, I need to know exactly what you pay for it because I'm going to do it legally, ethically, and morally. Mm -hmm. And then she came back and took some more money off of my tax bill. I said, well, God is good. <laughs> Listen to me, you guys. The wealth get wealthy not because they are just crazy smart um, or not because they're just, like, hardworking. The wealth get wealthy because they have smart people around them and they have strategies and processes in place. And I don't care if you make 50,000 to 500,000 to $5 million, you need a strategy in place that is legal, that is ethical, and it is moral. And she the one. Yeah, this is, we can get, 
The strategy is so important because, as I say, a financial advisor they can help you the vision. Yes. Right. What are we gonna do? Yes. Your CPA. Let's back it up with okay. Let's get there in the most tax efficient way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when it comes down to like buying a home, like what do you want to show? That's a really great question. So one point five million dollar home. How about mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm actually pull. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do the math while you're here. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if we want to get a hold on. Uh, <laughs> let me get a mortgage calculator. Let's get a mortgage calculator and figure out how much is your monthly payments going to be, because right. this is what the lender is looking at. You know, based upon what you want to get a pre-approved for. They're going to see, you know, how much assets do you have to qualify and to sustain that. So for a $1.5 million house, if I'm not mistaken, it should be between eight to $10,000 a month for that mortgage. Ooh. Hold on a minute. One, where I'm at, where five. I'm at. Typing it in. Down payment, you want to put down 20%. That's going to be, you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I'm going to do a 30-year fix rate. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, interest rate is about 55 Yep. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, so you're right. So my total um, mortgage, you was, dude, come on, girl, you know what I you're talking about. I know my numbers. A $1.5 <laughs> million home with $300,000 down on a 30-year fixed rate at a 5.5% uh, interest rate with your property and taxes, I mean, your property and interest, property taxes, home insurance, and HOA dues. You don't have PMI in this because we put down 20%. $8,345 a month. Period. Let's go. Let's go. So if I mm-hmm. want to have a mortgage of, mm-hmm. of $8,345 a month mm-hmm. um, and uh, I make my company grosses $500,000 a year, mm-hmm. is that enough? Like, what, what's what's the strategy there? This is a great question because really now, and the good thing about you and our strategies is that... Um, now you're playing on two sides because you're on payroll. Ooh. So a lot of entrepreneurs, Come on, talk to a us. lot of entrepreneurs struggle to get pre-approved for mortgages because they only have their business income, but not a proper payroll system. Um, but with a lot of our clients, part of our strategy is putting you on proper payroll because now um, you have two streams of income that they're looking at. Yeah. We're looking at payroll and also you're in that business income. And um, the good thing about having payroll, lenders look at that with a lot more value, obviously, because it's more routine, it's more fixed. Um, so you can typically, to get a $1.5 million mortgage, um, you probably need to show at least, I would say, $400,000 AGI. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. Um, so with like a $250,000 salary, which is, you know. Pause. You say AGI, adjusted gross income, Adjusted right? gross income. I just want to make sure y'all got it. AGI, yes. adjusted gross income. See, I know myself. Don't be trying to play for y'all. <laughs> I just want to make sure y'all know it. All right, so. To get a $1.5 million home, then you show an adjusted gross income of $400,000. Around $400,000. So a lot of people, like, you know, if you are married, it's easier. Because imagine, you know, you have a 200 k salary and so does your spouse. Y'all can get $1.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, So if you're by yourself, you can still pay yourself a really big salary. Then also you have the net income from your business. That gets calculated into your AGI. And then you can now go ahead and apply for that mortgage. It also does depend on your cash flow. Um, Because even if you don't have enough, but you still have really strong cash flow and really great bank relationship, you can still pre-qualify because they also weigh heavily your credit score. Are you loanable? Right? Because we have to get into that that whole concept. Yeah. Your credit score does matter as well because you can have, you know, 400K income um, but a bad credit score and you still won't get that $1.5 million mortgage. So your credit score does weigh heavily but with strong income, great cash flow, a great credit score, you should be able to get pre-approved what you want to get pre-approved for. Absolutely. All day long. So it's like we... uh, I want to make sure y'all got it. Mm-hmm. You're going to have your personal income on payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, she made me get on payroll. We use Gusto to pay myself and all employees. Um, and then you also educated me on to not pay myself too much because then I lose certain tax benefits. Yes. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I'll be, I'm trying to tell y'all, I'm learning so the sorry. game. I'm learning <laughs> the game. And so I pay myself on payroll. We pay myself six figures. Um, actually, I pay myself the same way I pay CJ, uh, mm-hmm. so six figures. And then, because I am the sole owner of the Neatness Network, I actually that the net income, adjusted gross income on the business side, also benefits me on when it, when it comes to getting exactly, home. exactly. So it was like, let's say for an example, if I pay myself for an example, hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year is not enough to get a one point five million dollar home. 
But if my company made a million dollars and then just a gross income was four hundred thousand and I made a hundred thousand over here, so that means now they're looking at five hundred thousand exactly. dollars as my income because exactly. I'm the sole owner of this company. Exactly. What if I was a partner, mm-hmm. a fifty-fifty partner? So same thing with um, partnerships. You file one corporate return, which is the partner. Yeah. Each partner is going to get a Schedule K-1. Okay. That K-1 shows that partnership's share of income or losses. So with the 500K, 50-50, then you'll show 250 in your return, and your partner will show 250 on their return. And that 250 will go on top of my 100K. Exactly. Now, so now you're at 350. Exactly. 350. Mm-hmm. This is so good. Um, <laughs> I... I hope y'all taking notes. Rewind this if you need to rewind it, uh, because this this is this is this this that this that stuff that we need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some people who are business owners who are watching me right now, mm-hmm. and what they do is I think some of them actually don't pay themselves nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Then I've met some who pay themselves, in my personal opinion, too much, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ah, my CPA told me don't do that, Ao, mm-hmm. because then now. You're getting taxed on all that income on the personal side when you could have kept a lot of that on the pers- on the business side and write off legit. But then he said there's something else that you could do to pay yourself at the end of the year. What is that called? So you can always take owner's withdrawals. Owner withdrawals. Yes. So this doesn't affect your income statement. Okay. What it does affect is your balance sheet. So your balance sheet in your equity section, that pretty much shows like your ownership stake in your build in your business. Okay. So whenever we're contributing, so I'm sure, you know, to get your business up, you have to invest in getting it incorporated before yep. you made any money. Yep. You probably had to invest in your equipment before you made any money. Yep. Um so because you have finance needs yourself, these are what we call owners contributions. Okay. So you're contributing these to your business. So you have a positive equity balance. Okay. So you can Pay yourself back out from that and take the withdrawals. Okay. Now, once you take too much withdrawals, you now have negative equity in your business, uh, which is not healthy uh, at all. So sometimes when it comes down to mortgage lenders, they'll look at your balance sheet. Even though your income statement is hidden, yeah. if you have negative equity, that can also adversely affect you when it comes time to apply for a mortgage. And when we say negative equity, that means that... Break that down a little bit more for the people. So mm-hmm. How do I have... What does she mean by negative equity? So if I have... $100,000 in the bank account, mm-hmm. does that mean that they went negative or like it just means that you can't justify why you spent maybe $25,000? So pretty much negative equity will just mean that, um, so what encompasses equity is owner's contributions, okay. um, net income, so okay. every single year that increased equity balance, what's going to reduce it is withdrawals, okay. right? And that's okay. just the basic equity calculation. It's a little bit more that goes into it, but for our purposes, we'll keep it there. Okay. So imagine a scenario where you contributed $10,000, um, your business netted $50,000, mm-hmm. um, we withdrew $100,000. Say it one more time. So we contributed 10000 Okay. Business netted fifty thousand. Okay. And we withdrew a hundred thousand dollars. We're negative. We're negative, right? So it's like how do how do we withdraw a hundred thousand? Right. Well what happens sometimes is people leverage business credit a little bit too much. And guess what? That gets added in the liability section of your balance sheet and also on your equity section because you use that you didn't use that hundred thousand to produce any extra income and increase your equity. You used that hundred K, did the wrong things, and now you pulled out too much and now you have negative equity. And this is so important because a lot of business owners so pay so much attention to their income statements, but they have no exposure to their balance sheet. Mm. And your balance sheet really does again. It shows the health of your business. Yeah, yeah. So your income statement is just that's only a once a year thing. Your balance sheet kind of pretty much is your is around for the duration of your business, and it gets adjusted every single year based upon your assets, which is your cash in the bank, accounts receivable, et cetera, your liabilities, you know, who do you owe, your credits, your your loans, and your equity, as I said, your owner's balances, um, contributions and withdrawals. So you need to be understanding of both, you know, and that's why with our bookkeeping services, we do accounting analysis. Absolutely. Exactly. So we're going through your statements with you and showing you here's how much you made in an income statement, but here's what your balance sheet is telling us because we want that balance sheet to also look healthy as well. Yeah. The three major financial statements that every business owner should know mm-hmm. is your income statement, income. aka profit and loss. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Your balance sheet. Balance sheet. Which shows again your equity in, in the business. Okay. Um, your in how healthy your assets and liabilities are. And then lastly, your statement of cash flow. Ooh. Ooh, she chopping these not up. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So we got the income, profit and loss mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you said your balance sheet, 
And a balance, break that down one more time for them. Like, what does the balance show that your income and loss won't show? Yes. So on your balance sheet, that's showing your assets, yep. your liabilities, and your equity. Okay. So on your income statement, all you're seeing is your revenue and your expenses. So on my balance sheet, was that where we put my car? Yes, exactly. I remember now. Yes. I'm, I'm following. <laughs> I'm following. Okay, 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 mm -hmm. okay. And then here's why we put on your balance sheet. Your car is what? It's an asset. Asset, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it gets added as an asset under your business, and then we depreciate that asset. So that depreciation, it gets expensed over time on your income statement. But proper accounting, as I said, following general accepted accounting principles, we want to place that asset on your balance sheet so you can see the decrease in that asset value on your books because we're depreciating it. Because that expense that we depreciate, that's what we use on your taxes. So let's live right there. Let's, let's, you listen, y'all. I'm, I'm, <laughs> we giving y'all this knowledge right now. <laughs> uh, because this is important for you all because you all know I am about to launch a course um, here soon that is going to be teaching people how to do what I do, how to become an influencer, how to start a small business from home. And here's one of the main reasons why. Black people, we need to be owners and we need to be able to keep as much money as we possibly can to continue serving people and so we can also build wealth for our people. Uh, and so I, I, I love that, um, that you just said that. Mm -hmm. There's this thing to where, like you said, on the car, stay right there. Bring that thing on around. <laughs> um, how is it that we were able to legally and ethically write off or depreciate the Bentley? Okay. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Okay. So the thing tough. about business vehicles is mm -hmm. that um, they're depreciated by, by default. You have to depreciate them. You can't just expense them all yeah. unless there's special depreciation rules. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are familiar now with Section 179 depreciation, yeah. where if that vehicle is more than 6,000 pounds in weight, we can write off the full thing. Yeah. However, that's just one method of depreciation. There are several other ways that you can depreciate your business assets. So with the Bentley, though not 6,000 pounds, um, it still qualifies for normal depreciation. Yeah. So usually with vehicles, that's going to be over a five-year period. Yeah. So we just, you know, again, each year, we're expensing that year by year and reducing that asset value on your balance sheet, but capturing that expense on your income statement because that does help you save in taxes. And can I write off oil changes? Can you write oil changes? Yeah. Once you place that vehicle in service for business, a.k.a. it's a business vehicle in yeah. totality, you know, we discuss, because some business owners like, oh, let me buy something my, under my business. But then I'm like, the IRS may ask you, well, how did you get around personally? Right, right, right. So we need to back up that side. And right. it can be, okay, well, for personal trips, I use Uber. Yeah. Uh, personal trips, I have a little hoopty that I still have just in case I need to get around, right? Which you told me to do. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. once that vehicle is fully in place in business, yes, expenses become deductible, aka okay, the routine maintenance and oil changes as well. It's all about getting that knowledge. <laughs> it's all about getting the knowledge and getting the wisdom to do it right. Exactly. And and I think this is why I, I want her to come on often because I think oftentimes we like, oh, let me go do a business so I can write off everything. Then you get into trouble because you didn't do it right. Mm -hmm. So when I bought the Bentley, she's like, all right, A.O., go buy you like a $5,000 hoopty so you can drive around in that thing. And if you were to get audited, I got your back because we have this. You know, I was like, yo, bet. That's what I, I need the right information. Mm -hmm. I don't need the let's get rich and let's write off everything and then I'm going to show you how to maneuver around this. It may not be legal, but we're going to get around <laughs> it. I don't need that kind of stuff in my life, and you don't either. But if you have the right people around you who are dreaming with you, who are helping you put systems into place like FOLA Financial, they you, you can get your dreams. But they'll help you get your dreams, and, and they may say, hey, you know what? You may got to wait, but we're going to put this into place. So you can, can get it, and when you get it, here's how we're going to do it legally. This is so good. And so you said something earlier, 6,000 uh, 6, pounds. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's more than 6,000 GW something. The G-Wagon? Yeah, yeah. No, no, not G-Wagon. Oh. What's the gross? Oh, gross carrying weight. Gross carrying weight. Yes. has to be over 6,000 pounds. Yes, exactly. It can't just be like a 6,000. It has to be the G, whatever that is. The gross carrying weight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you can write that off 100%. 100%. So these are 
your your Mercedes G wagons that everyone loves to like promote. But yes, if yeah. that vehicle. But then also think about people who have trucking businesses. Absolutely. So those type of clients, I can really max out because now you're paying you know, hundred thousand dollars, one thirty for a truck. Absolutely. And we can appreciate all of that in one year. One year. Exactly. So it's been helping some people um, drastically who actually have trucking businesses with yeah. this new tax code change. Oh my gosh, man! Listen, this is this is this is like so so good. I mean, this is this some information right here that I wish people could really understand and really grasp grasp it ASAP. <laughs> um, what are some other things I'm starting to see now? In your professional opinion, right? Why should people be business owners, or why should they have a business on the side? And before you go there. You guys, make sure that you all open up a savings account. One of the things that I love about saving money on taxes is it allows me to save money, period. And right now, I'm saving to where I can build my dream home. And inside my dream home, I want a nice little pool on the inside of my home. I don't want one on the outside. I want it on the inside. So I could walk around and see my beautiful wife walking around in her nice little two-piece thong bikini in the heated pool, and she's jumping in and she's jumping out. And we can do it any time <laughs> that we want. I just can't wait. But I'm saving right now. And I park my money in a high-yielded savings account because I got the strategy on taxes on how I can save more money. I have a strategy on my personal finances on how I can make more money and invest it properly. And so I have a strategy on my saving, and I park it at prize pool. You can go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash uh, prize pool. No, anthonyoneal.com forward slash savings and open up a free savings account today and put money in it. And when you put money in it, you'll get anywhere from 0.30% all the way up to 3% on the APR. We're just letting the money sit. And I get excited every time I put money in that account. You know why? Because I'm getting closer to seeing my wife in a nice little two-piece. <laughs> yes, God. And I don't know why you save. You could be saving for a car. You could be saving for a house. You could be saving your emergency fund. I part my emergency fund and my dream fund over there. I have two funds, emergency fund, dream fund. I'm dreaming, and I'm dreaming big. I got the emergency. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> now I'm over here like, I'm dreaming, God. I'm dreaming. And when I meet my wife, I'm like, yo, I was dreaming about you. Shabababashita. <laughs> so seriously. Uh, go over to anthonyoneal.com for slash savings. Open up a savings account because uh, right now, in all seriousness, you need to be saving uh, right now. You can do that right now for free. All right. Um, where were we? You what was I about to ask you? We were getting into. I was about to ask you something. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Why do you think people should have? Businesses. I've I've been very big on like, all right, cool. I don't want to say nine to five is not for everyone because I need nine to five workers, mm -hmm. you know, to to continue serving the people. Uh, but also, like my um, uh, creative director, um, Alex, he works for me full time. But also, I encourage him like, yo, build, continue mm -hmm. building on the side, mm -hmm. you know, so you can have those tax benefits and you can build even more wealth. Mm -hmm. uh, because he ain't gonna make no, he ain't gonna make more money than me working for me. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? But he can make money as much as me mm -hmm. if I help sow into his business. Exactly. But why is it important for people to have home to to really have like a, a legit ran business from your perspective on the tax side? Right. Because the thing about it, like everyone doesn't have to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Everyone should be thinking about being an owner in some type of way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can own, you know, stocks and commodities. Yeah, yeah. Right? So equity and other companies and also things like gold and silver, et cetera. Um, we can own real estate. We can own crypto assets. We can also own businesses. There's people who have nine to five that probably own businesses and you just would never know. Because wow. they're just the owner. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because um, there's ways for you to buy fully functional businesses. Yeah. And then just come in as CEO only and just put a good system in place and now you're making money from it. Right? Because um, really what matters is like, you know, what are you doing that feels aligned with your purpose, so right? Because so I would never, like somebody who loves teaching or who loves saving lives, I'm like, oh, quit being a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who gonna take care of us? Who gonna do that? 
right? Or I can't ever say quit being a teacher. Who's going to educate our kids? Right, right. You know? So those things are so important. But what's stopping that doctor or that teacher from being an owner outside of their profession? Mm-hmm. Nothing, yeah. right? You can still be a doctor and still own real estate, yeah. right? And then run your real estate as a business where you're taking advantage of tax deductions. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can be a teacher and own a trucking company, right? To where you're just hiring the drivers and you own the assets and then you're just... You're just doing your teaching job, and after work, you're, okay, let's, let me prove these two things, yes or no, yes or no, but you have a full-pledged staff. Yes, it does take time to get there, yeah, though. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not easy, but it's possible. So it's really about, like, what your vision is. Um, but I do encourage everyone to become owners in some type of capacity because the thing about it is that no matter what, you can't pass down pieces of paper to your children. And when I'm talking about pieces of paper, I'm referring to college degrees. Yeah. Um, you also can't pass down your nine-to-five job. You can't, you know, be like, oh, okay, y'all quit today, but because I still need to take care of my kids, can you hire them in my place? Mm-hmm. That's not guaranteed. You know, what you can pass down and secure are your assets. So your stocks, your commodities, your real estate, your businesses, that's what we can pass down. So I, I would love for nine-to-fivers to think about that. Mm. You know, like, think of what do you really want to accomplish? Mm. You can't create generational wealth, you know, where you can't grow your wealth beyond your boss's wealth, yeah, yeah. Ooh, you know, as yes. you pretty much stated. Yeah. Um, so I do encourage everyone to, like, look into ownership in whatever capacity that they can, you know, take on right now. Um, specifically with business and real estate, you do get great tax benefits. Yes. Why? Because when you're in business, you are potentially employing people, yeah, like, yeah. as you do right now with your, with your business. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the IRS is like, I bet. Because you're helping me fight one of our biggest issues, which is unemployment, I'm going to give you tax benefits, right? And if you are a real estate owner and you have tenants in your home, you're helping us with our second biggest issue, homeless homelessness, right? And people not having places. You're providing living spaces for people in my country, so I'm going to give you tax benefits for that too, right? <laughs> you know, Miss Business, she said something that was so good. Did I say her name right? Yes. Okay. Uh, she said something so good. She said, you'll know what the government wants to do when they create a tax benefit for mm-hmm. it and just maximize on that tax benefit. Exactly. I was like, wow, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The tax, so the 179. Mm-hmm. So whoever made that up, I don't know who made it up, but the government said, hey, we want to help um, sell more large vehicles. Mm-hmm. So they created a, you know what I'm saying, a tax benefit for exactly. it. Exactly. I'm like, so I need to be watching and listening to the government mm-hmm. for, for them to tell me, hey, this is what we want help on. Here's a tax benefit for it. And then for me being a business owner, I need to take advantage of that opportunity. Exactly. Because it can be something so simple, even down to like your hiring practices. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have clients that do have trucking businesses and they may hire felons. Well, guess what? Because if you hire a felon, you get tax credits for that. Are you serious? Yes, you do. Yes. So in the industry like trucking or manufacturing where like you can hire people with like nonviolent backgrounds, you get tax benefits for that as well. So yes, you definitely wanna, you know, pay attention to what the tax law is saying. It's why you hire a CPA because CPAs are also required to maintain continuing professional education. Mm. Right? Your bookkeeper is not required to have that. For me, I need to at least have twenty four hours a year. Twenty four hours a year. A year. Yes, so I'm always learning. I'm always learning. I'm always up to date with what's going on so I can advise my clients, oh, hey, they're saying you can get a tax credit for doing X, Y, and Z. Let's see if that fits into your plan. And again, think about, you know, working with me. I don't force people to do anything. It's all about the clients first. But whatever your plan is, I do want to give you the advice on here's how you get there in the most tax-efficient way. So, <sighs> Last question. <laughs> Boy, I wish we had, like, two hours on this show. Um, a lot of, I've been seeing this a lot lately. I don't have any kids, but I've been hearing a lot of people say like, hey, you should hire your kids because there's a tax benefit to paying them. I think it's like 12500 or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I'm starting to hear people say like they're putting um, homes in their kids' name or something like that for like tax benefits. Mm-hmm. Let, I'm not worried about the homes, but I'm like, okay, cool. What if you have two, a couple, they have a business, their children are of age, proper mm-hmm. age, let's say 16, 17 years old, mm-hmm. 15, 12, and their kids work for them. Mm-hmm. Can you break down that whole paying your kids and you can write that off? Yes, of course. So think about it. Even though you said 16, 15, um, paying your kids can go even further than that. People have paid their kids that are four years old, five years old. Are you serious? I am serious, yes. Um, what matters is that, number one, you put together a proper job description. 
Um, so whatever you are in business to do, you need to have a role created for your kids. So you can, oh, I'm just going to put them on payroll. No. You need to have an actual job description and figure out actual proper, you know, um, fair market value of what the rate should be for the kid as well. Okay. Um, so here's a great example. I do have a client who owns the Airbnb business. She has over 20 Airbnbs. Mm. Um, and she does have a nine-year-old daughter. Um, her daughter can clean, right? We how, long, how old are you when you started cleaning your room and cleaning your house? Man, as soon as I could walk. Pretty much, you know, us <laughs> black people families, you got to contribute. As yeah, soon right. as you have a, something, you got to contribute, right? right? So um, she hired her daughter. Okay. So the description is of, of a cleaner. Okay. So it details what needs to be done. You know, kitchen needs to be cleaned this way. Um, cleaning needs to be done at this frequency. Um, here's the standards. Here's our standard products. Here's what we need to do. So you put together a description, and you put together a fair market value. So for this service, I'm paying my child $15 an hour, Right. Um, so the twelve thousand five hundred maximum pretty much is, comes off of the standard deduction. That's how much you pay your kids to where your kids like not gonna have to worry about tax liability also because the standard deduction is twelve thousand five hundred. Mm. Uh, but most parents claim their kids on their returns, um, anyways. So um, you again you get to get the tax benefit of the write off because your child is now a staff on your payroll. You're reducing your business expenses, right? And the good thing about it is that usually parents put the money that they pay their kids. In a business account for their um, account for their kids, mm-hmm. um, which can help them start building credibility with a bank. Mm-hmm. So now your kid is 13 years old, but they have mm-hmm. deposit history. They can now start leveraging things like credit and getting business credit. It, it's so great to like transfer wealth to your offspring because if we talk about generational wealth, this is something that we should be doing, right? Yeah. Paying your kids so they have a transaction history with their bank, they have deposits coming in that they can now leverage their bank relationship. Yeah. Um, but some parents take that and take care of their kids, right? Okay, because you got money, now I expense this. Yeah. So we saved on taxes because it reduced my tax liability as a business owner. But now I can take my $12,500. Um, the kid can now, you know, fund their, you got to go back to school, you got money in your bank account. Yep. Um, and if we don't want to spend that money on things that we may pay for out of our personal income for our kids still, that's okay. We can take that some of that money and put it in retirement accounts. The maximum contribution to a Roth IRA is $6,000 per year, mm-hmm. and those grow tax-free. Mm-hmm. You know, so why not contribute $6,000 of that $12,500 every single year into your kids into a, a tax-free growing retirement account? And imagine if you start with your kids nine years old. By the time Ooh. they're 30-something years old, that'll probably be over a million dollars in that account. You know, so... Things that we can do now to set ourselves up financially, but not just us, our kids, our, our dependents, people who are around us in our family, because other people leverage, you know, hiring their family members and do the same yeah. thing that, that way, right? If you, some of my clients take care of their parents, like in totality, because they may be disabled or, you know, they just can't function on their own. So it's either we're adding your parent as a dependent or if your parent is functional, let's see if we can hire your parent under your business so that you can get tax benefit from taking care of them as well. So, and so it's not about taking care of them. Again, it's the tax benefit comes from hiring them for a position. But what we do with that income after it gets transferred to them, we can denote because now it's personal income to them. Ah, uh, you just said something that I think it went over people's head. That's why she's the people <laughs> CPA. She is the people. She, oh my gosh. <laughs> 12500 Let's say you pay that to your child. Mm-hmm. Out of the 12500 it's not an extra $6,000. You deduct six thousand dollars from that twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Put that into a Roth IRA mm-hmm. because they're below the limit, and, it, and I think it'll be a custodial uh, Roth IRA mm-hmm. if it, they're under age, under eighteen. Mm-hmm. Six thousand dollars in a custodial Roth IRA mm-hmm. at nine. At nine, imagine when the kid's thirty-five. Yeah. With compound interest. Mm-hmm. They say by by the year twenty fifty-four the average black person would have a negative to zero net worth because you had a strategy, because you had systems in place with your CPA, and you was running a business, and she said, hey, pay your child legally, ethically, and morally, do the proper research, get a proper job description, and make sure they work. Pay them $12,500. They are going to lose $6,000 of that, and we're going to put into a, 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 a Roth IRA, custodial Roth IRA, that on average, we're going to see anywhere between 8 to 12% of a return. Right now, we're seeing about 105 if you really look at what the last last few years have been doing, the last decade has been doing. Let that sit there for like a good 30 years. Mm-hmm. Your child ain't got to put nothing else in there 
when they turn 18. Mm -hmm. But if you're wise, watch this. Oh, my God. If you're wise, you're educating your kids why it why a Roth IRA is important. So when they get money, watch this, they're putting money into the account as well. Mm-hmm. So now they leave and they're continuing to fund that account. They do not touch that account until retirement. By 30, they got a million. But what will they have by 65? Oh, we looking at at least a good four or five million dollars. Why? Because you had a system in place and you taught them the system. You, you taught them the process on how to build wealth and how to be wise with the information that you're giving them. You're not just giving them money. You're giving them and teaching them the system. Listen, I'm going to pay my kid to clean houses, to cut grass. I'm going to create a business for my kid. And you, man, listen, you know, here, here's my dream. I'm going to get married. I'm definitely going to have some kids, but boy, I'm going to ooh, Jesus. <laughs> and when my wife go home with her mama and our mamas, I'm sorry, right, babe, I see it in a little bit. I'm, I'm coming to talk to my financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming to talk to the people, CPA. I'm like, hey, yo, sis, I got a, I got a, I got a son. Hey, financial advisor, yo, I need, I need to open up 529. I need to open up a custodial Roth IRA. I, I, need, I need to set it all up. And you got to start having those conversations early. Mm-hmm. You know, because you made that comment about the average black wealth being negative by 2054, and I, I don't I don't believe that. Mm. You know, I feel like a lot of times people put information out there for you to capture that mindset. Mm. You know, but we're not about to capture that mindset I believe at all it. because we know that our kids. I ain't gonna we do know it. that we are. I ain't worried about that. And what about us? We I'm not gonna be, be in that set. And that's what I'm saying. And what you're doing here on this show is making sure that people aren't going to follow that trend either. So I have high hopes for our people. Shababa. I believe that we're all gonna yeah. have a positive network uh-huh. by 2054. Okay? Mm. By the work that we're doing and also just by forming communities because this is what we're missing. Like, you know, we're at Anthony O'Neill's table right now, but have these conversations at your dinner table. Come on. With your kids, your family, your spouse, your mom, you know, your aunt. (sighs) You know, we don't have enough conversations about finances, but yet it takes a village not just to raise kids, but also to raise generational wealth. Mm. Listen, y'all, I wish we had a a two-hour show, but we only have an hour show. And I got to start hitting the clock because I'm trying to get this on national TV. Mm-hmm. I got more information coming for that later down the road. So I got to be I got to be right. Um, but uh, I am going to drop the People CPA's information below. She has a tax bundle um, that I help her push. And it is honestly one of the best bundles out there. It's educational. Um, she gives you mid- videos. She's going to give you some some sheets for your budgeting and stuff like that. Um, uh, it is absolutely amazing and it's very, very affordable. So I'm going to drop that information below. And then um, uh, she has some time available now to consult just for my tribe. So um, we're going to drop that link as well below if you want to just get on the phone with her, her and her team, and just uh, spend 30 minutes with her and she'll give you some some, some advice. And um, if she feels if she can work with you, then, you know, you can join, you can join, you can join the squad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, because she's definitely good at what she does. Her team is good. They do all of my HR. They do all of my bookkeeping. They do all of my tax strategy. Um, and so um, I highly stand behind this queen and what she's doing and what she's building. Her team is amazing. Um, but again, I brought her here because I really want to go through the strategy. I told you all to build wealth. It starts with a vision. Once you have the vision, you got to put a, a, a system um, uh, which is processes in place, and then you got to work the system. You got to stick to the system. And then when you stick to the system, you will see rewards from you sticking to the system. And I'm telling you, that's how wealthy are getting wealthier. It's because they're not just waking up saying, no, oh, I want to go make $5 million today. No, they had that conversation five years ago. Like, what's the strategy? What's the game plan? What's the systems I need to put into place? And how do I stick to that system? And they have the right people around them saying, hey, here's the system, here's the strategy. Let's stick to it. She's a part of my my strategy. Her and her whole squad. And she a system. Bola gang. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, we'll drop all her information below, you guys. Um, and I promise you, reach out to her. Um, and you will, you will thank me later uh, for, for doing just that. And don't forget, 
You know, um, I do believe what she said. We need nine to five workers. Uh, but what are you working on your own? You know, what what can you do on the side that just generates you another six figures? Um, because I agree, like, school teachers are not making a lot of money, but we still need them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Doctors, we still need you. Lawyers, we still need you. Firefighters, we still need you. Police officers, we still need you. But how can we help you make more money on the side to where when you go and be that police officer, it's because you're passionate about it. You love serving and protecting people, but you're not there for the money. Um, and it's so, and, it, and it's amazing how when your money is right, you do better on the job in your career field. I'll never forget when I put that much money in my savings account, mm-hmm. in my prize pool savings account, man, I, I started talking better. I started walking better. I even started dating better. You know what I'm saying? I even started... I, I That's probably bad grammar. I stopped messing with certain p- females. I was like, y'all got money. What you, who are you? Different tax bracket. <laughs> What's your tax bracket? It wasn't about a tax bracket. It was like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, got, I got, you know what I'm saying? I, I, got, I got a savings. <laughs> Do you have a savings? You know what I'm saying? I'm like... Girl, do you know who I am? You know? And it's not an arrogant thing, but it's just funny. When you when you have a savings, you, you when you walk into your job, you're like, yo, I don't have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be here. I'm here because I want to be here. So y'all better treat me right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, there's just a different... Sense of pride. Yeah. And like your being. What? And that's what they say, you know, mind right, money right. It's vice versa as well. Mind right, money right. Money right can also help your mind get right. No, it will help your mind get right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you you just you just move differently. So I say all that to say, like, yo, listen, get the people around you that will help you hit your goals, mm-hmm. your financial goals. Because I'm telling you, man, I I, I am uh, I am grateful for what this queen has done for me. Um, next year is going to be a bigger year, so she got to work that magic then. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I th- <laughs> this year we've already, we've already, we don't have to say we double, but we're way over what we did last year, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, thank you God. But now we got to work in taxes. We got to get that strategy. <laughs> so I got my strategy meeting here this month. I need to know the strategy, mm-hmm. uh, because I want to pay the government what they're owed. I do not want to pay them one penny over, not one, no. I don't care if the government's watching. I don't like you. <laughs> I respect you, but I don't like you. You know what I'm saying? So you don't get what you owed. Because you ain't giving me with everything I'm owed. You know what I'm saying? I don't like you. God said I got to love my enemies. I love you. But I don't like you. Ladies and gentlemen, my hour is coming to an end. Alex just pointed at the time. We love you. We're going to drop all her information below. We'll see you on the next show. Peace out. 